And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. Very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. I'm Rebecca Black. And you know what's weird, Rebecca? I still really what? dig our theme song. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a good one. Whenever I'm listening to the podcast and I'm editing, I like get into it. And actually, yeah. that theme song was made for the ghost hunting TV show that I did like a really freaking long time ago. <laughs> I mean, it's clearly a little dated, but every time I hear that, I'm like, yeah, jam. Yeah, it's got kind of a cool little X Files been the club vibe yeah. to it. All right, so coming up, we've got an update on our haunted doll collector. She finally got back to us, and we're also Thank goodness. Yes, we're also going to talk about Dave Grohl's ghost story from the Foo Fighters latest recording session. Multiple people have been sending this link to us and then uh, Shoshana hit me up again. Shoshana's the one who sent us the ring doorbell video with all the uh, wolves in her front yard. Anytime you guys send stories like that to us, we love it. So if you find cool stuff like that, please send it to hauntedaf.com. No, hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. It's been a long time since I've screwed that up. So <laughs> tell them what we've got going online right now. Well, if you drop by hauntedaf.com, you can check out our online store. We've got t-shirts, sweatshirts, and guess what? We what? have a new item. What? Stickers. You can get a sticker decal for your car or do kids put them on the binders anymore? Yeah, they put them on binders, but they also buy those big water bottles and put them on their water bottles. Perfect. So you could do that. And I think they're like three bucks. So that's like crazy cheap, right? Yes. That's a really great way to support us. Yeah. And they're really cute too. And uh, we will have a coffee mug at some point. I uploaded it and it disappeared. I don't know what happened, but we will have a coffee mug at some point. And then we're also going to be posting details about our new Patreon page. That's again, hauntedaf.com. Yeah, we're going to be posting never before heard stories on our Patreon page, but we're also building a library of all of our ghost stories. So you can listen to your favorites without scrolling through the individual podcast. But we need to know what are the stories that you want to hear? What would you want to see in our library? So send that to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. So we got a great video from Seb this week. Go to hauntedaf.com or any of our social media platforms. We've been blasting that. How cute was Seb? He is the most adorable little human on earth. I know. I showed it to my kids. And, you know, my kids hate everything I do, pretty much. Right. They were like, look how cute he is. He's adorable. So uh, here's the email behind that video that he sent. He says, my sis and I grew up with a fascination for everything paranormal. Same. Our aunt moved to Florida to work as a psychiatrist at a drug and alcohol rehab facility, which used horses to help patients. It's very cool. The pay wasn't great, but they gave her a room and board. So she lived on the property in a house all by herself. Soon after she moved in, she would call us and complain about strange noises at night, even growling sometimes and things moving around on their own. It got so bad that she would even sleep with the TV on just to drown out the noises. One day, my sis and I decided to sleep over at her place and check things out. We got there in the evening, dropped our stuff off, and headed out to dinner. And as we were leaving, we made a note of where my aunt's sage was because she claims it moves around when she's not at home. When we got back, the sage that we specifically left in the kitchen was smack dab in the middle of the living room on the coffee table. Then we turned on the kitchen lights, and all of the cabinets and drawers were wide open, and the kitchen table chairs were pulled out away from the table. 
table. You can actually see that on the video. Yeah. We were so freaked out that we were in hysterics. All of the doors were locked and no one else comes in this house. We have no logical explanation how this could have happened. So I set up my GoPro camera in the kitchen and let it record all night, hopefully to catch something. Three of us go to bed. My sis and aunt share a bed while I slept on the floor at the foot of it. Throughout the night, we heard weird sounds coming from the bedroom door. It sounded like an animal with long toenails, like click clacking. On the- I know, that's horrible. No, I don't like that at all. <laughs> but every time I looked over, I wouldn't see anything and she doesn't have any pets. At one point in the night, my sister woke up to someone actually getting in bed and assumed it was our aunt coming back from the bathroom. Then our aunt actually did get back in bed from no! the bathroom. And she freaked out, realizing that something else had been in bed with her before. I woke up a few <laughs> hours later after being hit by a decorative pillow. I said, why'd y'all throw a pillow at me? But the girls were still in bed asleep. The next morning, we just about shat ourselves when we saw a cross that my aunt had placed in a little votive candle holder above the bed and it was turned upside down. At that point, me and my sis grabbed our stuff and got the hell out of there. That was the last time we went to her house. Thankfully, my aunt got a job up north and moved out of there shortly after. There was nothing significant on the GoPro footage aside from some weird film malfunctions and small flashes of lights where lights shouldn't have been. Recalling the events of that night still freak us out and I hope it freaked you guys out too. Stay spooky, Seb. Oh, that's greatness. Not for him, I guess, necessarily. (laughs) No, good point. So Rebecca's got a story for us. This story comes from Sherry. I am super into your podcast lately. Thanks for starting something people like me can get into. I have several ghost stories, but this one is the most recent. I bought my house with my significant other almost two years ago. It's literally our dream house, except for the fact that it was built in 1840. Before we even went to look at it, my first reaction was, oh, it's definitely haunted. The original house is still on the old foundation and the basement is awful. There's a room that I call the murder room because the floors are dirt and it's right next to an old sink and shower. In my mind, someone obviously murdered people there. Can you tell I'm a murderino? Anyways, after about two weeks of living there, I came home and saw our front door wide open. My dad's a cop, so I called him and stayed on the phone with him as I went through the entire house. Nothing was out of place, but I could hear voices wicked loud upstairs it sounded like a they can hear us or you're being loud type conversation so i went upstairs and that's when i found my tv on meanwhile my boyfriend came home because i had called him flipping out he runs upstairs and as i'm trying to turn the tv down the show that's on starts talking about the presence of the devil at this point we're both desperately trying to turn the tv off and couldn't neither the remote or the button on the tv would turn it off we actually had to unplug it to make it stop We found out later that back in the horse and buggy days, the house across the street burned down and killed the entire family inside. Rumor has it that our house and all the houses around us, which were owned by the same family, are haunted and have experiences regularly. So our super fan Kelly has been traveling a bunch, uh, like the worst time in the history of traveling to be traveling. But he actually just got back from Cambodia and he collected a few stories from us. So this is from Kelly. Hey, girls. Got a couple of secondhand stories. Uh. Um, for your podcast while I was on vacation. Um, A friend of mine in the Philippines, she says she's grown up with a haunted mirror. Her and her brothers and her sister, they would all report when they sleep in a specific bedroom, they would have to take the mirror and put it in the closet and shut the doors. What they always say is they see a pale woman dressed in black who will appear in the mirror behind whatever furniture they're sitting on or whatever the furniture they're around. When they go to sleep at night after putting the mirror in the closet, they'll wake up with the closet doors wide open with that mirror staring directly at them no matter where the room is. 
a super creepy mirror with an old lady in it. Wouldn't want it in my house. Well, maybe I would. I don't know. Um, a friend of mine, her cousin of the Philippines, she claims her office building she works out of has a ghost of a former employee, maybe. She'll say late at night, she'll stay and kind of work on the project and she'll hear tapping like on an old keyboard. She'll hear maybe humming some footsteps coming up and down the hallways. But every time she gets up, there's no one there in the room. There's no one in the building. It always stops the second she tries to investigate. She has corroborated this story with multiple of her other co-workers who say they've heard mostly the keyboards tapping away when no one's there. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories. A paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Doesn't that sound like your own personal version of hell, though? Like to be a ghost stuck in an office building and just typing some never-ending memo? Yeah, no, I assume that's what hell is like, is that you are forced to work in your afterlife 24-7. I feel for that guy. But back to the mirror thing, isn't that like a big voodoo thing? We had that story a while back where the grouchy aunt was in the mirror and she was yelling at the kids because they were playing in the hallway. Do you remember that one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Because isn't that part of the reason that they hang things over the mirror when people yes, die? Yes, they cover mirror. Yes. Mm. So thanks to Shoshana for sending us this Foo Fighters story. It's from the Rolling Stone. It says, the Foo Fighters reportedly faced something entirely new while making their upcoming 10th album, Ghosts. Dave Grohl says, when we walked into the house in Encino, I knew the vibes were definitely off, but the sound was f***ing on. We started working <laughs> there and it wasn't long before things started happening. We'd come back to the studio the next day and all the guitars would be detuned or the setting we had put on the board, all of them had gone back down to zero. So he says the group attempted to document the paranormal phenomena with a Nest Cam to take video of the studio when they weren't there. He says, we started to see things on the Nest Cam that we couldn't explain. So we took it to the homeowner who told him all about the house's weird past, but Grohl won't say what he found out. He says, quote, I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement with the landlord because he's trying to sell the place. Can't you just hear Dave Grohl saying all of this? Yes, I can. (laughs) So he says, I can't give away what happened there in the past, but these multiple occurrences over a short period of time made us finish the album as quickly as we could. So we are- Oh my gosh! Yeah, and Rebecca and I are both trying to find a way to get in touch with Dave Grohl. <laughs> like, I tried on Instagram. I highly doubt the Foo Fighters are going to get back to me real quick. That's kind of sad because I hit him up on Instagram too. So That's hilarious. We're coming at him from multiple angles, and then I finally got a contact through their record company, and I was so excited, and this chick named Patty wrote me back within a couple of hours, and she was like, that sounds fun. The Foo Fighters aren't on our label anymore, though. So I'm like, no. damn it. I know. And when I saw her email, I was like, yes, it's going to happen. So if you have a contact with the Foo Fighters, please let us know because uh, we're not having any luck. That's why I'm so grateful to people like Liz Sauer or Jay Cheel or any of these other like famous people who actually did come on the podcast because it's super hard to get people to come on. It really is. Didn't you hit up Georgia Hardstark recently? Oh my gosh, I've hit him up several times because Georgia has a haunted house. I know. We and tried. I'm like, how have we not heard about this? And we were putting a big old push on her on Twitter and Instagram both. So if you have a connection with Georgia Hardstark, <laughs> there's another one that we'd love to have on. Yeah, there's just such 
all your famous friends our way. You know, no biggie. So Rebecca has another story for us. So this next story comes from Shannon. Hi, ladies. So I was working in a psychiatrist's office who specialized in addiction when all of this happened. I was the biller and went in before everyone else. So I was in the building alone for about an hour every single day. The first time I experienced anything, I was sitting at the front desk doing my work when all of a sudden I heard a man and a woman having a conversation down the hall. I couldn't make out distinct words, but I could hear their tones. The man was calm and the woman was starting to get hysterical. To me, it sounded like a doctor informing a woman of some diagnosis and she was very upset by the news. I took it as a residual haunting. No big deal. It was just weird, but it did happen a few times, sometimes with more voices like a group therapy session. And then I went into work one morning early like usual when the door behind me started shaking. The doorknob was turning frantically like someone was trying to get in. And then as suddenly as the door started shaking, it stopped. A few seconds later, I felt the back of my chair lift slightly as if someone was pushing against the back of my office chair. I grabbed my phone and ran right out the door. The office manager told me that I needed to tell the psychiatrist what happened. And when I did, she said, oh, no, they followed me here. Bitch, what? Bitch, what? (laughs) So she said that, right? Not you. Yeah, she said that. Okay. Um, All right, we got an update from our haunted doll collector. We finally heard back from Sarah, and uh, she's down to be on the podcast again. So we just got to get through this whole pandemic thing and figure it out. But Sarah says, hi, ladies. I just listened to the podcast and heard you were trying to get a hold of me. Okay, wait, side note. Just listen to this. It sounds like ghosts are messing with her. I really feel like the dolls are messing with her. Just listen listen to this and tell me if I'm wrong. Um, She says, I don't know what happened, but I don't have any other messages from this email address because I did try to contact her. She says, I also had an email typed out a bit ago and it all got deleted when my phone flipped out for some reason. So I'm just going to keep this brief. We're doing as okay as we can do in the world today. I'm home all day, self-isolating, except for walks outside. If you want to call me to chat, I had the girls out for a walk today, actually. So the girls are her dolls. I can't seem to attach any pictures because it all keeps glitching on me and deleting my whole email. She says, says, maybe they weren't happy with how the podcast went. Hmm. Sally and Emma, my other two girls, came to me from an antique mall in Florida. So she's been told by mediums that Emma is haunted by a five-year-old who was killed in a car wreck and that Sally was 10 years old when she dies. Sally and Bridget are now BFS, by the way. Hmm. So Sarah says, Emma is the one who has semi-attached to my six-and-a-half-year-old. I'm not sure if she's still attached to the doll at all now because my daughter says she sees her orb with her. Emma goes out with her to school and on walks and such as an orb. So uh, she says, I see their orbs sometimes in the dim light, but my daughter sees them all the time or so she tells me. The truth is, I don't know how I feel about this. I definitely didn't anticipate this attachment to my daughter. I asked Bridget if I needed to worry about it. Again, Bridget is the doll and she said no. And I do trust Bridget. I think for now it's fine, but as my daughter gets older and matures past Emma, I guess we'll see what happens. Feel free to call anytime or write back. I love to answer your questions. Sorry, I don't know what happened to the other emails. And then Sarah sent a follow-up email that said, after a lot of digging, I did find your reply email in my junk mail, but I still couldn't get it to open. Then last night, our giant mirror over our bathroom just fell down and shattered next to me while I was sitting in the bathtub. So bizarre. I don't think any of my girls would do that, but I haven't asked yet. And I'm definitely feeling like I need to sage it out today. So uh, remember, you can find Sarah's blog at hauntedaf.com. Just go to the blogs and look for the creepy picture of Bridget the doll. What do you think's going on there? Okay, Sarah is a little too cash for me here. (laughs)
Like, you are too relaxed and too chilled out. I'm sorry. Nothing should be attached to your daughter right now. Yeah. Um, and I think when you get mirrors that are starting to smash, like, that's not good. That's a bad, bad moment. And especially with the phones glitching out and having all the electronic yes. issues. Oh, and the dolls are definitely not going to like this one. So uh, maybe, Sarah, don't let the dolls listen to this podcast. Listen on, like, your headphones or... Great. Hold on, hold on. I don't like being blamed for this. <laughs> this is not our fault. He is the one that brought the doll into her house. He's the one that thought it'd be fun to play with haunted dolls. Not us. We we're simply just sharing the knowledge of information here. Okay, Rebecca, do not anger the dolls. You might be I'm making trying, this worse. I'm not, but I don't want to. It's not our fault either. I agree. I seriously don't know. I have no idea how I feel about any of this. And with the kids around, that's the one thing that concerns me the most. I'm like, if you're on your own time with your haunted dolls, great. That's fine. Don't bring them on other people. And they're sheltering in place. Can you imagine sheltering in place with your haunted dolls? No, I bet that's a lot of entertainment, though. Do you think she's like, dance, dolls? <laughs> okay, uh, James Wan needs to get on that. Uh, we need to, Somebody needs to make a movie out of this. In fact, let's contact Peter Dukes and tell him that we have the next great horror <laughs> movie with haunted dolls. So uh, Rebecca found this scary movie guy. Where did you find this man? On Twitter. So he randomly started following me one day, and then I started looking at all the movies that he's made and he does all horror films and so I just reached out to him and I'm like you know what if you're this into horror movies like you've got to have a story right and apparently he did so here is the first story that he sent so my experience took place at the ambassador hotel in the early to mid 2000s shortly before it was scheduled to be demolished I had never been there before I didn't know a tremendous amount about the place except for the fact that I knew Robert Kennedy had been shot and killed there so when first arriving, I was struck by just the sheer size of it. It was a big place, just a daunting looking place. Made even spookier by the fact that when you went inside and at least went to the areas we were shooting in, you know, that the paint's peeling, there's dust, there's no electricity. I mean, it's abandoned. I mean, it had long been abandoned. So it kind of had this heavy feeling to it from the start. And I remember we were shooting up on one of the higher floors and I was taking an elevator up. I was all on my own. And I hit the correct floor number, but the elevator stopped on its own about halfway up. And the doors opened. I, of course, didn't get out. I waited for them to close, and the elevator continued up to the proper floor, and I kind of shrugged it off, didn't think anything of it. So I rode the elevator a number of times later throughout the day with other people, and it worked fine. However, the next time that I happened to be on my own, I was uh, coming up from the ground floor again. And once again, I hit the correct floor number, but the elevator stopped on that mid-level floor. Same floor as before. The doors opened, and this time they didn't close, which I found odd. As they remained open, I guess the tug of curiosity kind of took over, and I decided to walk out into this kind of abandoned hallway and check it out a little bit while I had a few minutes. So I came out, and as I did so, the elevator doors closed behind me. And I remember thinking how just absolutely endless the hallway looked. I mean, it was a long hallway. The plaster and the paint was peeling off the walls. The paintings had long fallen off or were hanging off of the hangers. The carpet was torn up, covered with dust, dark, except for kind of intermittent shafts of sunlight that were coming through whatever windows and whatever open doors there happened to be. So I began to walk down the hallway, 50 or 60 odd yards, and I remember noticing that there were no other footprints except for the footprints I was making in the dust. So I knew no one had been down this hallway in a very long time. Uh, my attention kind of pulled me towards one open door in particular. 
I don't remember anymore what it was about this particular room, but I stopped and kind of began to peer in. I, I, I remember having this feeling that there was someone inside the room. It wasn't an overwhelming feeling, but just kind of a quiet little voice inside telling me that there was someone in the room. So I kind of dismissed this, of course, and as I leaned or began to lean through the threshold of the doorway, I remember there being just a quick passing of a shadow out of the corner of my eye, just there and gone. And before I could get a fix on it, the door just slammed shut in my face. Didn't hear any sounds in there, no one yelling at me, no footsteps running up to slam the door in my face, nothing like that. The door just slammed. And it was at that point I decided I'd have, I'd had enough of my, you know, quasi personal investigation of this, of this abandoned hallway. And, you know, I hightailed it out of there, went back to the elevator and, and went on with my day. It was nothing paramount. It was nothing, I guess you would say, conclusively paranormal about the experience. But I remember feeling that there was something off about it. It had the feeling of something paranormal to me. So th there it is, my experience from the now demolished Ambassador Hotel. Okay, now we have to look at pictures of the Ambassador Hotel. Yeah, I think it's so funny how it's like the common phrase that we all know, curiosity killed the cat. And yeah. yet we're still like, oh, let's walk down this long, creepy hole that no one's been in in years. To me, there's nothing better than an old abandoned hotel. Yes, like, and just, it's dirty. And like the way he sets it up, he's like, you can see the hallway in your brain, like paint chipping down and peeling off. Yeah, and the shafts of light coming in through the, like, and yes. I know if you're listening to this podcast, at some point in time in your life, you have broken into an abandoned hotel like that. <laughs> and you know that feeling when you're standing in the hallway and you're like, there's nothing here. I'm totally fine. I'm just going to, but deep in that, then the back of your neck is tingling. And you're like, you know. what the hell am I doing here? Okay. Yes, so, you so, know bad stuff's about to go down. Uh, Peter actually, and isn't he a great storyteller? He's a fantastic storyteller. That's why he makes movies, which by the way, he does have a movie on Amazon. I meant to mention this earlier. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Portal. And I guess he early released it for people who are social distancing and oh, all that great. good stuff. And I wanted to know, yeah. like, what was he filming when they were in the Ambassador Hotel? Ooh, I know, and I asked and he didn't respond, but maybe he'll get back to us. So uh, he actually sent a second story. You're going to love this one. Another experience I had when I was very young and only when I was very young was something that I attributed to an entity, if you will, that I called the Color Man. And the reason I called him the Color Man was because whoever or whatever this thing was appeared to be made up of that myriad of colors you see when you close your eyes real tight. Uh, at least that's as close as I could ever come to describing what this thing was made of. But it was distinctly humanoid in its shape, um, except that it never made any noise. It had no face. And as a young boy, I, I remember that it would come visiting me late at night in my bedroom. And it only happened a few times, and all I can really recall is that I always knew when he was coming. I could kind of feel it when it was getting close, and I would pull my sheets tight over my bed, tight over my face. And uh, despite this, I could always still see him approaching. I would see him walking slowly over towards my bed. And once he would get there, he would simply look down at me and just kind of watch me. Never initiated any contact, never tried to communicate in any way. He just would stand there. And I could just feel him kind of looking down, observing almost. Uh, and then he would be gone, just like that. I, I don't have any memories of him walking away. I just 
remember him not being in the, anymore. Like, you'd blink your eye, and he's gone. Uh, again, it wasn't every night. It was only a few times, and only when I was very little. I could have been four, five, six, seven, somewhere in that range. And once he stopped coming, he never came again. Uh, that was kind of it. I don't, to this day, know what to make of it. It's obviously easy enough to brush this off as the overactive imagination of a young child or it was a dream or what have you, but I do remember being, you know, lucid, coherent and alert. In other words, I distinctly remember recognizing, even at a young age, that I'm not asleep. Like, whatever this thing is, he's not human and he's here and he's watching me, (laughs) you know. Uh, But there you go, the the color man experience. The color man. (laughs) I love that. And out of all of the weird sleep stories that we've had, and we've heard a million of them, we've never heard of the color man. But that sounds so specific. But weirdly enough, it also reminds me of like the shadow people that we've been hearing about. You know, they talk about how kids, your brains are developing so much longer than we realize. Mm -hmm. And those little synapses just don't connect or fire in a different way when you're very young. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that plays into it somehow. I don't Maybe. Know. We just need to go back to paranormal college, Rebecca, and just figure oh, all this shit out. You know, if I could do college all over again, I definitely know that would be my major the second time around. Yeah, because there's clearly loads of money in it. Yeah. Actually, if anybody has a story like that, because in a weird way, it sounds familiar when he's talking about the colors, you know, like when you close yeah. your eyes really hard. If that has happened to anyone or it sounds familiar to you, definitely let us know all about it. Give them the email address so I don't screw it up. It's hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. And while you're at it, you got a ghost story, please send it our way. We always need your ghost stories. We need your voice memos. And you know, things are kind of weird right now. So we'll take scary stories that don't actually involve ghosts. Yeah. Bigfoot, aliens, or maybe um, something jumped out at you, your husband. Yes, (laughs) really anything. I mean, if it's just a good story, like, oh, what was that picture that you put on Reddit? Oh, yes. Okay. I used to have like a wrapping paper closet downstairs in our house. And I guess somebody left the door open and some of the wrapping paper fell out. And I had this brown wrapping paper tube that had fallen out. Well, when it fell, it landed perfectly inside my husband's shoe. (laughs) (laughs) So when I came around the corner, I swear to you, it looked like a dead leg hanging out and it scared the absolute (laughs) out of me. You know, I get up really early in the morning, right? So there's no lights on in the house. And all I see is this leg coming out at me. And I'm like, oh, my God. And you've got the greatest picture that we need to share that on the Haunted AF page because that picture is (laughs) hilarious. And like back before I got married, I was living alone in this apartment. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I didn't have my glasses on. And Uh there was this giant shadow standing over my bed, like looming over about to grab me. And I started (laughs) screaming like crazy. And I grabbed my glasses and put them on. And it was actually just a towel hanging over my closet door with the light in the hallway coming behind it. It looked, with, with my blind ass, it looked like there was somebody standing over the bed. But I was so freaked out I couldn't stop screaming. <laughs> so I was just sitting there with my glasses on screaming at a towel. But the worst part is that I was screaming like, I see you, get out, I get out. Yeah. And I'm in an apartment surrounded by people. No one called the police, no one did anything. It's just like, oh, that crazy bitch. She's just screaming in her bedroom again. Screaming at her towels again. Yes. Yeah, so so definitely send us all of those stories, hauntedayofpodcast at gmail.com. And coming up next week. So we've had lots of stories about ghosts who like to watch during sexy time. Yeah, that is just weird. <laughs> but now we've got one who tried to like, he tried to get in on it. <laughs> oh my goodness. No way. Yep, that's coming up on the next Haunted AF. 
<laughs> All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Got to say thanks to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we got to thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.